It's my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good morning and happy Sunday. Good morning, Constance. Good morning, Annalise. How are you? I am star-chic. How are you? Star-chic. I'm (laughs) star-chic too. Pretty sure I just ran out of petrol as I parked, so I'm jerry-canning it to get home. But apart from that, I'm good. What a mess. Now, you might have seen Constance popping up in your Facebook feed. She's a writer. She's a blogger. She's got over a million followers on Facebook. And I'm Annalise, and we've been best mates since we were five. And, Con, I'm very excited to report. I'm gaining a bit of traction on Twitter. I saw that. You got one new follower and screenshot it and sent it to me. Okay, okay. I didn't realise <laughs> that that was going to be mentioned. No, it's not about It's not about the numbers, all right? Numbers it's aren't not, It's quality over quantity. That's what I always say. It's quality. I know. You want quality I'm, followers. Exactly. And I've had a Queens. few people that have, you know, listened to the podcast and gone, hey, I'll follow you. So it's kind of like a pity tweet follow. <laughs> But I'll take it. <laughs> um, we have a great show for you this morning. Con, you're going to tell us all about your colonoscopy. I can't wait to hear the ins and outs of that. We've got Bill coming on the show to talk about what life as a reunited couple is oh, like. I can't know. wait to hear about that. I can't wait. That. This is pretty much the only time that we get spending time together anyway, so <laughs> I'm just pretty excited. <laughs> I'll be like, don't forget milk! <laughs> and boyfriends of Instagram, what are they and how do I get one? And up next, we reveal our Queens of the Week. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, our favourite thing to come out of this entire week was the most divine, queenly moment that I think has ever happened in the history of the universe, uh, which was at the Grammys. And Adele, wasn't she just Adele. divine? She, She's so divine. Oh. I've got tickets to see her at the end of this month. I'm so excited. She just, she owned the Grammys. She really did. And, you know, she had so many beautiful moments. And, you know, when she accepted the award and she talked about how, you know, being a mum, she'd given up part of herself and lost a part of herself. And this album made her feel like she was more herself. And, you know, when she mm. interrupted that live feed, uh, when she was doing a George Michael tribute, you know, just she was yeah. so beautiful. She's crazy. She's so amazing and real and, yeah, she's yeah. just, I love her. And her Beyonce tribute. I know. This This was probably oh my, my favourite thing to happen and have, have a listen. But I can't possibly accept this award and I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful and gracious but my artist of my life is Beyonce and this album for me, the Lemonade album was just... So monumental, Beyonce. It was so monumental and so well thought out and so beautiful and soul-bearing and we all got to see another side to you that you don't always let us see and we appreciate that and all us artists here, we f***ing adore you. You are <laughs> oh, I just got again. <laughs> I know. She's it so, so amazing. It was so beautiful. I mean, how rare is that where you literally... It's just amazing because you see, like, cat fights. You hear about cat mm. fights all the time in Hollywood. Like, Taylor Swift hates somebody and somebody yeah. hates Katy Perry. And I just... I never even read it because I just shake my head and go, who cares? What kind of an example are you setting? But then you see that and it's just everything. It's it's everything. And I loved Beyonce's reaction as well. Like, she was just no. crying and I was just like, <laughs> ah, I love them both. It was such a beautiful moment and That's I don't a know, squad goal. 
It, it's a total squad goal. I, if I was to ask myself who is my Beyonce, I would have to say Yukon. Oh, I shut up. I, and you are. You, you <laughs> are my Beyonce. You have been for like 28 years. And I know. You're my Beyonce as well. <laughs> when but, we were um, asked to do this show, like they were like, um, um, I was asked and she was like, oh, yeah. would you, you know, who would you want to do the show with? And I was like, my best friend of like 30 years. And she was like, Obviously. okay, creep. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I was like, we don't do anything apart. We love each other. <laughs> <laughs> but on our socials at the Queen Sesh, we want to know who do you owe it all to? Who is your Beyonce in your life? We'll be chatting to you next. The, the, the Queen Sesh. We were reliving that beautiful moment between Adele and Beyonce. And we were talking about how I am Annalise's Beyonce, which made me feel quite amazing. And we've asked yeah. people to call us up and tell us who's the Beyonce in their lives because we wanted to spread some of this love around. And on our socials, we've had some beautiful comments. Jenny tagged her friend, I don't maybe it's her friend, and said, Leanne, from my first breath to my last, which is just, oh. All the feels. And Cass said, this is queen power. I love women that lift other women up instead of tearing them down. So do we. So do Cass. we. And we have Bron on the line. Who's the Beyonce in your life? Oh, my God. Hands down, it's absolutely my beautiful sister. She's definitely oh. my queen bee. Queen bay. <laughs> queen bay. <laughs> we lived apart for about five years and she's recently just moved in with me and it's just like it's Yay. just the greatest thing oh. every day. Me, Adele and queen bee hanging out every day. It's amazing. I'm so jealous. I wish I lived with you, Stella. My sister's amazing too. Yeah. Aren't they the best? No, they're the they best. Are. They're just the best. You can Con- borrow their clothes and lose them. Ruin them. They're still always there. Always borrowing everything. Because Con and I, we, we actually both live on the opposite side of the country to our sisters. And it's just, isn't that the worst con? Like to it's live apart. Pits. It really yeah, is. Me and my pits. sister talk on the phone like eight times a day. And people go, How can you actually have something to say to her now? And I'm like, We don't have anything to say to each other. So sometimes if I'm busy, I answer it and I'm like, Is it anything? And she's like, Nah. I'm like, Okay, I've got to go. <laughs> Keep them coming. Let us know who's the Beyonce in your life. But up next, uh, we're going to hear all about your colonoscopy this week, Con. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. This month, Con, February is Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, which is not the most glamorous topic, but it's something that is really close to your heart. Bowel cancer is actually killing a lot of people, so it should get so much more airtime than it does. I think people are funny about talking about, you know, like bowels and poo and bums mm. and all that stuff. So it doesn't really get as much as, you know, it should be getting. But I have a disease called ulcerative colitis and it can actually turn into bowel cancer. So I have to get colonoscopies every five years just to keep check of it. And um, I also have to kind of take care of my health. But so, yeah, on Valentine's Day, I was due for my second colonoscopy. So and, romantic. Um, I know, so romantic. It was a really romantic <laughs> day, actually. So you go in and you take off all your clothes and you've had all this prep. Like I've had to drink three litres of this like um, laxative stuff yeah. that just cleans you out so that you've got a really nice clear picture for the camera. I imagine like an Instagram filter, like I'm trying to make oh. the inside of my bowels pretty, but it's not pretty. <laughs> and um The last colonoscopy I got, like when you're getting a colonoscopy, you have to be anonymous. You just have to be. It's the only way you can accept that this is happening to you. You know, like you think pap smears are bad. Looking up your bum is so much worse. Oh, I can't. I can't even. 
And it was, you're, you're knocked out for it, thank God. So I was lying there thinking to myself, oh, my God, there's a room of, like, ten people that are about to see my hemorrhoid. And oh, are you, So I you know, still got that from the tw- from happening still got, They don't go away. Like, somebody said to me, that hem- if your hemorrhoid's still there, it's not going anywhere. It's pitched a tent. I said, it's not pitched a tent. <laughs> it's laid out a concrete slab and built a home. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm lying there on my side and just as I'm about to get knocked out, the doctor turns to me and he goes, so I hear you're a famous blogger. Oh, no, like, (laughs) And then all the whole room looked at me and they were like, oh, really? And I was like, knock me out, knock me out, knock me out. (laughs) And I was like, yes, you are a very lucky man. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I woke up, I looked at my shed. The first thing I do is look at my report and see if, you know, any cancerous things have been found or any Mm. look suspicious or anything like that. So I looked at my report and I didn't see any cancer and it all looked great, thank God. But there was in big letters, visible hemorrhoid. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, bugger. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I recommend colonoscopies to anyone. If something doesn't feel right, it might not be right. And you've got to, I read a blog from a woman dying of terminal bowel cancer and she said, insist on a colonoscopy, insist on it. If I had have insisted on it, I wouldn't be dying today. So there you go. Bowel cancer awareness month. Go and get the scope. You can and you can find out more or even order a screening pack at stopbowelcancer.org. Queen sesh. Something that's really coming to the spotlight this week, which has just cracked me up to no end, uh, it's some Instagram accounts, and I can't even say it without laughing, but it's the boyfriends of Instagram. So basically, you know when you see those like divine chic women on the beach, and they're sort of doing a yoga pose, looking off into the horizon, and they're so poised and gorgeous, and you're like, oh wow, they look great. And I never really think, oh hang on, there's someone there that's been set up, and they've asked to take that photo. I, that, my brain just doesn't work that way. So <laughs> when I saw the, these accounts where there's actually photos of people taking photos of the glamorous women posing on the beach, it, it absolutely cracked me up because I, I just, I'm just never really imagined it. I actually find it hilarious. <laughs> none, none of the men in my life would ever do this for me. No. I've asked so many men. I'm like, my brother will please take this photo. And he's like, no. Nah. I'm like, Bill, can you take it? And he's like, no, nah, you're so up yourself. And I'm like, oh. So I end up getting like my five-year-old daughter to take them. Oh, all my photos are selfies. Like I'm blogging to a million people and all my photos are selfies and no one can take, you know, there's not one that I'm not hot. I need to get a selfie stick. I'm so impressed. Oh with these men but I was laughing so much when I read this article and this guy and he was going my family don't know I exist because yeah. I'm not in any of the photos because he's taking all these photos of his girlfriend he goes it's actually like you know he's walking 10 metres behind his girlfriend everywhere <laughs> they go to get the perfect shot and I found that, that hilarious look. like I, my <laughs> husband walks 10 metres behind me as well and he's always on the phone but he's chatting <laughs> he's not taking any photos of me Bill has a collage of photos of me on the toilet in his phone and he throws he sends them to me as a threat you know because I look terrible. It's like when, you, when I was pregnant, it's 2 a.m. and I'm running to the toilet and Bill's behind me taking a photo. And I was like, I don't know what your obsession with doing this is, but he just likes to send them to me to taunt me. That's all I get from my husband. So bravo to these Instagram boyfriends, I say. I think that we should find one because I'm loving like the angles, everyone, the length that they're going to. I'm so beyond impressed. And I think that I might get my husband to become a boyfriend of Instagram. Or we could just have affairs with Instagram husbands. 
We could just carry them around and Bill would be like, who's that guy? And I'm like, don't worry, babe, he's just going to take photos of us. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Now, every now and then, me and Annalise like to do a little segment called the Glory Bowl where we've got all these memories and we've scrunched them up on a bit of paper and we've chucked them all in this big Glory Bowl, which is what we call our, our heyday, our glory days, back when we were fresh and single and young and amazing. Pre-kids. And we didn't have kids drain, yeah, draining the life out of us. Yeah. So we... Yeah, today I'm pulling one out. Oh, God. I was going <laughs> to. Do you? Yes! The memory is absence. Oh, okay. Rank. Uh, yep, one pops to mind. Now, if anyone doesn't understand what absinthe is, it's that little green drink, quite strong spirit, and they had it in Moulin Rouge, and it's, you know, when Kylie Minogue appeared I as a little I don't think fairy. it's green, and It's clear. It is green. You're thinking about chartreuse. Oh, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Natural poison. Then maybe it's not green, but it's in the genre of chartreuse, and yep. uh, you know, way you, too strong. It is, and it just can send you a little loopy, which is probably the last thing that you and I need. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's an emotional drink. It brings out emotions. Yep. Yes, um, and one definite time comes to mind. Uh, what were we doing? We were at a friend's house, some guy's house, and we—I don't know—we were in the kitchen. We were having a chat. And we started talking about how we feel guilty about our parents and how we don't give them enough love. And remember I was telling you that story about my dad and he asked me to stay With at the home. The M&M's? I'm M&M. sad when I think about the bowl of M&M's. She was, Annalise me. was telling me that. Uh, her dad, Trevor, who we love, who we we love. asked her to stay home with him one night and she and said no because she oh. was being, you know, selfish and she said no, and dad. Hideous. And he said, oh, but I got out a DVD and oh. I got some M&Ms. And Annalise said, no, I'm going out. And she said that she just got this memory in her in her head of him sitting there with the bowl oh. of M&Ms and he just ate couch. a couple. He didn't oh. get angry. Anyway, so you know how as parents we get parental guilt? Annalise mm. and I that night got child guilt. I don't child even know guilt. What Child guilt. It's, it's a new And term. we cried yeah. for hours, hours over how guilty we felt by, about the way that we treat our parents. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I, I really do hope that our kids do the same thing for yeah, us. Yeah, me too. Day, to me too. <laughs> <laughs> they won't, trust me. No, they won't. But um, I wonder what, like, what did the guys think that we were hanging out with at the time, these two chicks like crying They didn't on care because I can tell you right now they had absolutely no interest in us whatsoever. They were just hoping that we'd leave the back way and, and no one would ever speak <laughs> <laughs> we invited ourselves there. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of chicks crying on the floor oh, over their parents. <laughs> That's my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls. And we're back. And if you have a Facebook account, you would have heard of Constance Hall. She's the controversial blogger, writer. She's founded this global queen movement. Uh, she's got a million followers on Facebook. And I'm Annalise. Uh, no last name required. Uh, I'm the chic one. Just ask me. <laughs> she's a trophy wife. <laughs> I am the trophy wife. No, I'm not really. Um, and we have been best mates since we were five. And this is the Queen Session. It's a show for queens. Still to come this hour, we are going to relive the most mortifying night out that I had recently with work people. Like, I'm, I, I can't even speak. I'm so embarrassed, Con. I'm going red. <laughs> oh, my. I don't even know if I want to know because I've seen you at your work. 
first. We're also <laughs> we're also going to talk to the beautiful Sarah Rosbork, who is the co-founder of an amazing charity called Rafiki Mwema, based in Kenya. And up next, we're going to talk to Bill, beautiful Bill, my husband, who's back on the scene. Oh, I can't wait to hear all about it. This is the Queen Sesh. Now, I have my beautiful husband, Bill, on the line because me me and Bill have had a bit of a rough few months and we've been living kind of separately and not really talking and not getting on. And, you know, I mentioned it a couple of times in my blog and I had a lot of people like, hashtag bring Bill back. And (laughs) I (laughs) I just wanted to come on the radio and say, he's back and he loves me. And get Bill on the radio to tell you all how much he loves me because that's important. All right, Bill. Bill. (laughs) Hi, guys. Tell us, so so you're back on the scene, Bill. What's it like to be home? Oh, well, I'm a little bit of a dry flow at the moment, uh, up and back to Perth. But great, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. Bill, let's just talk while I've got you here about my Valentine's Day present because obviously I was in Perth having a colonoscopy. I got home and Bill had some flowers for me and a card that said, what did it say, Bill? It said something like, there's a fine line between love and hate. Last week it was hate and today it's love. Kiss, kiss, Bill. I was like, that's the least romantic thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I just thought I'd be trying to be real. Oh, okay. All right, well, I love you. I'm glad that you're home. (laughs) We are all glad that you're back, Bill. And, you know, look, it's so tough, isn't it, when you've got young kids and you guys have four of them, um, yes, marriage ain't uh, an easy walk for anyone. And No, it's, it's not. It's not all it's, sunshine and rainbows. No, it's, it's real. As, it's real uh, life. Sylvester and I, I love that you said. guys. Oh, sorry, you go, Bill. <laughs> I was just saying it's not all sunshine. It's hard. It's hard, especially when you've got four kids and two people that, well, one person that travels a lot. You've just got to bite down and grit it. Yeah, you do. You do you know what but... else I think one of our problems might be, Bill? That okay. we're not sleeping in the same bed. Like, I was expecting Bill to come to bed last night, but he's so used to being on the couch that he yeah. just... I put a mattress in my room and made one of my kids sleep on that to make room for Bill because I feel like he's always thought that we didn't have room for him. And there was all this room and I was excited about him coming, and he just didn't. So maybe if we could work on that, Bill, like trying to get back in the same bed, maybe we'll be happier because I love you so much. Oh, look, that's really nice and I, I really appreciate you saying that, so... Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is Where's honestly, I'm Where's just going to say it on radio, this is what it's like to be married to Bill. Like, this is not <laughs> any different. He's just like, oh, I love you, sweetheart. Have a great day. He's like, thanks. Don't forget to take the bins out. The Queen Sesh. This week, Con, an article came out in Fairfax about you uh, and it revealed that you're Australia's best-selling author and that you've sold 150,000 books. No marketing, all sold online, self-published. You need to get a distributor in order to get on a best-selling list. So if you're selling it yourself, you don't ever end up with one, which is really, really bizarre because I'm like, hi, my name's Constance. I'm actually a best-selling author. Nah. <laughs> and everyone's like, get over yourself. <laughs> I'm like, amazing. no one else is telling anyone. <laughs> no, it's an amazing feat and I'm so, so proud of you. And at the beginning of the book when you announced to everyone that you're selling you made a pledge and a promise to a charity that you hold really close to your heart. I did. The charity is called Rafiki Mwema and I've been working with them for about a year now. Last year we fundraised like $200,000 to build a house for um, some sexually abused young girls in Kenya which is what the charity does. They look after these young girls and um, that was the best thing that we'd ever done. It was the best moment of my life knowing that we were able to change these girls lives and so when I was writing the book I said to them you know I want to give a a book to the charity is there anything else that you guys need now that you know there's always things 
things that they need because, you know, they can constantly expand. But I said, what's a priority? And they said, another house, one for the boys. And I was like, we're never going to get that much money. They needed $150,000. And I just thought like, okay, look, I'm going to keep going and going and trying as hard as I can. But I didn't think we'd get there. And um, yeah, so this week we got there. We reached 150,000 books sold. We've been donating in bits and bits, you know, all along, but we donated the rest of it and we're going to continue to donate. But up until like yesterday, it's come to $150,000 and we're building a house. so amazing. And we've got Sarah Roseberg from Rafiki on the line. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now I'm shaking. Oh, you don't shake. No one listens anyway. It's so early in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> Everyone listens constant. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Sarah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, where this money's going to go and what's going on with these boys? Okay. I need a deep breath. It's amazing. This is incredible for us. I mean, you saw the impact that it has. What you did for our girls was incredible. And these boys, I mean, they are everything as well because they are going to be the fathers and the husbands of these girls and we are teaching them to be respectful of themselves and these girls and they're amazing but they're in our rental houses at the moment which are great houses and if we could pick those houses up and put them on our safe land but in the farm that we own we would but we can't so we want them to be on the land with us Is that because they're further away from, like, the temptations of running away and going back to the streets? I know that that's something that a lot of kids who have lived on the streets often do. Exactly. They run away because they find rules hard. They run away because they're addicted to drugs. It's not the temptation of where they live in the rental houses. It's just we own this amazing farm that's Mm. 14 acres that the Doyles Mm. bought us. So we want to have them them all there with us, and it is far from town. Like you say, it is, you know, it it is harder for them they can't just get to town as easy yep. as they can from the rental houses. So to have them close to us with all our therapists there is is incredible. To have them safe with us, we're all on one land. The therapy sessions are there. They will grow up as one family. It's incredible. Yeah, it's and so as beautiful. You You're said, giving them a family. Yeah, and as you said, Constance, I mean, the, the plots of land on our farm are all separated by hedges and electric fences. We have guards. We have 40 staff that are on. There will be no hanky-panky. And, yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, how are we going to stop them from all like, you know, <laughs> she was like, they're they want to teenagers. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. And, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, for you to do this, you wait till we call the boys. They've been waiting when Queen oh, Queen's just going to help them and here she is. <laughs> you know what? I'm why I'm so passionate about this charity is because it's run by people who care so much about these children. These women are constantly in tears. They are their hearts and souls are in Kenya with these kids. All that and they love the kids. And it's just not another job. You know how sometimes you hear people talking about you know like the kids that in foster homes or the students that they're teaching and they're just these drainers and everyone's like, oh my god, I need a wine. These women yeah. talk about these children, you Sarah and Amory, mm. with such high regard, and it just makes me want to be a better mum hearing you guys talk about the way you look after the kids that we support in um, at Rafiki. And you do support them and I love you and we couldn't do what we do without what you've done. I mean, look at what you've done for us. It's amazing. Well, now amazing. I'm crying, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, you and the Rafiki team, you, you guys are literally angels on earth and the work that you do is so beautiful. Uh, and you can find out how you can donate or become a sponsor at RafikiMwemwa.com. Thank you so much, you Sarah, for coming on The Queen's Thank Sesh. you, Sarah. Oh, thanks for having me. I'll see you next week in Perth, babe. You will, you will. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. We love you. Don't go anywhere because up next we relive the most mortifying moment of my entire life. (laughs) This is The Queen's Sesh. I'm feeling very mortified. I'm feeling sheepish. 
Uh, you know, you and I talk about as mums sometimes when we do get the opportunity to go out uh, at night, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we can make get a, a bit grateful. Dicks of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like you rock up to Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday Arvo drinks in a ball gown. Yes, and you're just like I can't full hair and excited. makeup. Yeah, full, yeah. It had been a while since I'd been out, and you know I don't get invited to many things at work. So I'm one of the only ones with kids, and this was a farewell drink, so I had to be invited. So obviously I, you know, wasn't even well enough to go out, but I still went out because I just could not fathom missing out. And it was all fine, and we're at this bar, and it was you know divine and chic. And then someone said, "Oh, let's do karaoke," and I went, "Yes." Because oh my god! You called me before you sung. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't well, so like it really—I actually didn't have that much to drink, but it just threw me. Yeah. And then we got—we got to karaoke, and they had this—I can't even speak about it. It was like this cheap, like really nasty white wine, and cheap white wine has never been a good look on me. Oh my god! All. No, as you know, I know the worst. So it was all fine. Everyone's like having fun. I did a couple of Spice Girls, but then like after an, an hour, I just have these memories of like stealing microphones. I was like doing musical theatre numbers like oh, over and over no. again. I've I, so been there with you. I know. I, I did Let It Go from Frozen. I, I did um, <laughs> The Lion King. <laughs> no. I, I can't even speak about it. And like, I, I literally, I thought I was. Beyonce crossed with Adina Menzel, who is the voice of Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> the worst thing was, like, I woke up the next morning and I was just cringing. You know when you wake up the next morning and you're just having flashbacks and you're just imagining what you'd said and all these awful mm, things. Oh. And I, I go onto Instagram and I check Instagram stories and all these people had filmed me doing it. Oh. And I, ah! <laughs> Can you put that on the socials, please? I've got videos in my phone of you dancing on like some guy's table that try and have dinner, and you're okay. like, it's hilarious. I know, but, but you know what? That just reminded me of when we lived with Chad. We lived with yeah. this amazing, glamorous homosexual man in, in Melbourne mm. who was just like the you know he's stylish and gorgeous, and he came home one night and Annalise was singing musicals on the toilet, um, completely okay. naked. You Great. were sitting on the toilet and you're having a wee, and you're naked because you were in the middle of getting changed. And you were singing musicals. All normal. He walks home, he looks at you, and he goes, You are hideous. (laughs) He got so angry at him. But not appreciating um, you. <laughs> yeah, look, that it's all it all makes sense. Um, but yeah. on our socials at the Queen Sesh, I'd love someone to make me feel a little bit better about my behaviour. When have you embarrassed yourself at a work bash? And how did you recover? How did you come back from it? Did you ever go back to work? We'll take your calls next. The, the, the Queen Sesh. We were reliving the most mortifying occasion where I went out with work people and uh, just made an absolute fool of myself at karaoke and busted out. Like I literally was doing gooch drops, like the dance moves that I was what incorporating. Is it, what even is a gooch drop? You know drop? where you like <laughs> drop to the ground really quickly and then stand back up really quickly? It's like a, <laughs> like literally I thought I was In Beyonce. your mind you were really quick and I reckon <laughs> in real life you were like slow mowing. <laughs> Disgusting. And look, during, um, during the song we actually found some of the audience Audio. I mentioned that some vision yes. and audio turned up on uh, people's Instagram stories, which should be banned. You should not be filming during karaoke under any circumstance. But uh, yeah, let's play a little highlight. What was with your song choice as well? Oh, ABBA, Spice Girls. Like, there was no end to it. Um, Anyway, on 131060, (laughs) we have Megan on the line. Megan, when have you shamed yourself at work? 
I decided it'd be a really good um, opportunity to show my dance skills yes. and uh, chose someone who was just standing nearby. He had tats all over his face and that yeah. sort of thing. And um, so it was like a work function, but you were on the yeah. dance floor. Okay, yeah. great. So really, I just uh, fell over backwards in front of everybody. There is any video footage of this stack? Yeah, everybody yeah. had it on footage, and it turned <laughs> out it turned out that I broke my wrist. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. And that I had sort of takes six, away some of the embarrassment. Six weeks oh, off work. You had six, six weeks, weeks off work. work. And my boss saw the whole thing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on thirteen ten sixty, we've got Karen. Karen, what did you do? How did you shame yourself at work? Well, it was a Christmas party. We yeah. I was the financial controller, so kind of higher up the food chain at work. I had all right. the, the taxi chips and the company credit card and all that kind of thing. Oh, um, we ended up in a nightclub, and to get a booth, you had to either pay $150 or buy a bottle of Moe champagne. So we bought the champagne. I'm of not course. really much of a drinker. <laughs> Somehow ended up going home with a much younger labourer from... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very scandalous, very scandalous. Oh, my God. And <laughs> was this like the talk of the town at work? Was this like, how did you feel we going in Monday? I would have down died. low for a little while, but I had quite a distinctive little sports car and one of the other guys actually saw me one morning really early dropping him off to work and then it got out. So they kind of left me alone because I, you know, paid everybody and stuff. But, yeah, he got So after this one crap. night thing, you guys <laughs> started a little... Office After it all happened, I actually booked tickets for me and my best friend to Melbourne to just go away and have a think about, oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, think about love and then we. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we came back after a week and we kind of haven't been apart since then. That was 10 Aww. years ago. We've been married for four years. I love that, Karen, that you had a little <laughs> office fling at the Christmas your, party and you're still together 10 years. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we are. Do you know what the moral to this story is? You should mm. always shag people you work with. <laughs> This is the Queen Sesh. We're coming to the end of our sesh, Con, and each week we like to finish the show on what we call Queen Vice, which is basically just, you know, advice for queens. And we don't really know much about anything, <laughs> to be Your honest. Your advice should never be taken literally. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it's more you know, just we... a couple of girls chatting about things. I think that you yes. get so much therapy out of just talking things out, you know. We're not qualified to give advice. But... Not at all. But we do get a lot of messages and beautiful messages on our Facebook page um, at The Queen Sesh and lots of women writing to us. And this divine queen, she has – basically she's married with three kids. They've been together for 12 years and she really wants to get married and she's sick of waiting, she feels that he's too shy and because of family pressure, um, he's not proposing. And should she just propose herself? Would she feel embarrassed about it? She's a bit worried about what people are going to think and whether she's going to bust his ego. And look, I don't know. I just don't think there should be any rules around proposing. That's so archaic, isn't it? Why do we have to wait for the bloke to rock up with a ring? proposed to her husband. Really? Yeah, she did some really cute little car thing, like because he's a race car driver. I might have made that thing up in my head, but I'm pretty sure it happened. And I think it's so cool. And I'm actually kind of pissed that I didn't propose to my husband. I waited for him to propose to me. Why do we have to do that? You no, know, I, no. I love the idea of you proposing. You know your husband better, your partner better than we do, though. Like, if you think it might bruise his ego. I just don't think that we should all be so concerned with men's egos anyway. Definitely not. The only <laughs> thing that I would say is 
is it going to affect the relationship? Like, worst case scenario, what if he said no? I know. You know? That's probably why a lot of men don't because they're scared that girls are going to say no. Like, I don't know if I could put myself out on the limb like that. Imagine that. That'd no. be scary. It but no, do scary. it anyway because you haven't they got kids together? Yeah, they've got kids. That's so much bigger than being married. Far oh my out. Oh, God. I can't and you believe know some people go, I don't know if I should get married when you've already got kids. I'm like, you already have to see him all the time for the rest of your life. Like, oh. having kids is the biggest commitment ever. You can't just, you can divorce someone and literally never see them again. And you know what? If you've had three kids and you want to marry him, yes, you're on Yay. to a good thing. Invite us. We'll see it. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Make sure you listen from 7am next Sunday. Hit us up on our socials anytime at The Queen Sesh. And if you've missed anything, you can catch up on our podcast. Have a great week. Thanks, Queens. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Queen Sesh.